Well, we went through a year, 2022, and the Lord Jesus did not come back. May he come back sometime during this worship service. May he come back in the next few seconds. We are looking forward to the Lord and his return. The last year, instead of coming back, he, he used the preaching of the gospel and the catechism instruction and the Bible studies so that we might grow in our spiritual maturity, we might grow together, that we might prepare ourselves for his coming. All our lives are focused on that promise that we read in Revelation 22. And we look back and we see how the Lord has granted the congregation a new life in, in babies being born. He has also promoted some of our brothers and sisters to, to glory when their earthly journey had come to an end. And all these things that happened, and we look back in the year, maybe you did that together with your family and friends or brothers and sisters in Christ. All these things he, he made us go through, he did to prepare us for the future, to strengthen us in our faith, to help us become mature. And though we even sinned against God and we, we sinned against one another, and though often we look back, we think of the times we fell and stumbled in the past year, and we think about how we reacted to the hardships that we faced, and we know that we weren't always reacting in a way that was pleasing to God throughout the year. Again, Sunday after Sunday, the Lord declared to us the forgiveness of our sins and everlasting life in Jesus Christ. And so on this first day of a new year, we, we are and we remain united in our common confession of sins and our united profession of faith and our obedience to God's call to live in peace with one another. And the urgency of our repentance and our faith and our commitment to love God and, our love, and love our neighbor each day of our life, every day. And, and again, we could say today that urgency is, is very clear for us when we read Revelation 22, verse 20, when our Lord Jesus, sitting on his throne in heaven, looks down to us, his church, and, and he says, surely I am coming soon. That's a gospel of great comfort and hope for God's people. And that's the gospel I preached to you this afternoon. Our Lord Jesus Christ is coming soon. We'll see that his promise is trustworthy. His reward will be final. And his church praise, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The conclusion of the revelation of Jesus Christ to the churches refers back to everything that was promised in the letter. And then it declares the words, we see that in verse 6, to be trustworthy and true. The Lord Jesus said a similar thing in chapter 21. So the citizens of God's heavenly kingdom, we can begin 2023 in the knowledge that God is sovereign over all things. That's what Revelation revealed to us. That God's Son has gained the victory over death and sin and that God's Spirit will bring the churches that are in Christ's hands through the tribulations of persecution and punishment into the glorious peace of the new heavens and the new earth. These words are trustworthy and true. 
And so we begin 2023 with the, the words of the angel of the Lord echoing in our minds. He tells us what is soon to take place. And the Lord urges, he, the Bible ends with this urgent call that we might believe what he has said. That we might keep the words of the prophecy of this book. That we might take them seriously in our lives. In verse 10, the angel told John not to seal up the words of this, this prophecy. Previously, Daniel was told to, to seal up the words because the time was not yet there. And now the angel says to John, keep the, keep the word open. And in the same conclusion, the Holy Spirit urges us to be careful not to add anything into the prophecy of the book or to take anything away from it. And that's because God's answer to our hardships and the struggles and the tribulations that we face in this life, his answer is found here in the words of his promise. If we want to be equipped to face the challenges of this new year, we need to cling to the revelation of Jesus Christ that shows us what will soon take place. To ignore his word is to ignore the truth, to be a, a ship without a rudder in the, the, the waters of this life, but to keep on thinking about what God has shown us about the reality of our situation is to keep on having hope and focus. And as Christians then beginning a new year, we're thinking about what the year will be like. Maybe we made some resolutions, some, some adjustments we'd like to make in our lives. We need to think about the reality as God has revealed it to us, to, to be realistic in our expectations and biblically instructed about the things we can expect in 2023. And this prophecy tells us it's not necessarily going to be very easy and very comfortable. And so we pray as we hear this exhortation to keep these words, we pray that, that God will help us to find our comfort in him rather than try to find it in the, in the comforts or the temporary ease of life that we sometimes spend all our time pursuing. We may be saddened by lukewarm faith in ourselves or in others. That's what Jesus said in the letters in the, in the first parts, part of this book. We may be frustrated by idolatry that's seeping into our lives, sometimes under our radar that we, we don't even notice. We may be attacked by ferocious enemies of God and his church, by the terrible plagues that are described in the book as it falls on the unbelieving world. But in all this, we may know that our ascended Lord Jesus Christ holds his churches in his hand. He is, we are the bride of Christ. So in his grace, God tells us at the beginning of this year, I guess the big spoiler uh, the spoiler, he says, it's going to be all right. He tells us that, and then he gives us four witnesses so that we, we don't doubt his word. First, he gives the witness of the, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says these things to the churches. We read that in the first chapters of Revelation. And then we read in our text, the angel who spoke with John had been sent to the earth by the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets. He's the second witness. He confirms, he says, these words are trustworthy and true. 
Then the apostle John, who was sent to proclaim the gospel by Jesus Christ himself, and then even exiled for his preaching, he also confirms that, that he is the one who heard and saw these things. And finally, our ascended Lord Jesus Christ, he adds his own name as the fourth witness in verse 16. He says that I have sent my angel to testify to the churches about these things. And so when we consider all that our Lord Jesus reminds us of concerning who he is, who that fourth witness is, it's very clear that we should not be beginning our year ignoring what the Lord has said to us. In Revelation 22 verse 13, he reminds us that he is the Alpha and the Omega. That's the, the A and the Z, the first and last letter of the Greek alphabet. He is, he is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He is the one who testifies to these things. Son of God himself, in his eternity, in his sovereign power, he is the one who has shown us these things. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows what has happened in the past. He knows what we are going through today. And he knows exactly how everything will end. And he tells us he is the root and the descendant of David. He's the bright morning star. By using his name, Jesus, and speaking of his descent from David, he comforts us with the knowledge of his human nature. We have our flesh in heaven, and he knows all things. He was living before. He was existing with the glory of, of God in, in heaven, and then he humbled himself. He, he became a part of our history. And his humiliation was a part of his plan to bring in the new day after the darkness, like a bright morning star and, and as we begin our year and we could see Christ Jesus marking the, the beginning of the, the new day like a, a morning star that you see first thing in the morning. As we begin 2023, we need to hear the words of our great God and Savior. We need to believe that Jesus Christ is truly there in the heavens and that he has shown us what will soon take place he is coming, his coming, he says, with his recompense. Verse 12, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me. A recompense is a, a reward that people deserve as a consequence of their actions. When the Lord Jesus, who sees and knows everything that has ever happened, when he says that he is bringing his recompense with him to repay everyone according to what he has done, it's, compared to, it's, it's to be compared to a judge who's giving a final sentence according to what people had do, have done while they were living on the earth. You read about that description exactly in Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15. There we read, everyone will appear before the throne of God and the Lord will bring recompense. He will settle accounts. Those whose names were not written in the book of life, he says, will be thrown into the lake of fire for persisting in that sin of worshiping the beast and anything other than God. And then Revelation 22 verse 11 describes those who will be repaid with, with punishment. They are those evildoers who still do evil and the filthy who still do filthy things without repenting before the Lord comes. 
Revelation 22 verse 15 describes the people who will, who will be repaid with punishment as people who act like disease-ridden stray dogs which were cowardly and faithless and detestable. The Lord warns the sorcerers who are engaged in different kinds of magic and that's something very popular today, all the stories and, and people engaged in magic and warlocks and witches that are all around us today. He said that's, they will be punished. The Lord warns the sexually immoral who are faithless to their spouses or their future spouses with immorality, with, with pornography. He warns the murderers, everyone who is filled with anger and a desire for revenge. He warns the idolaters who love the things of this world more than God. He warns everyone who practices, loves and practices falsehood those who live lies instead of believing and submitting to the truth of the prophecy that our Lord has given to us. Our Lord Jesus says when he comes bringing recompense, all those who are still persisting in such sins without fighting them at all, they will be repaid for their rebellion against God. And then reminding us of, of, the, of what we read in Deuteronomy chapter 4 in Deuteronomy chapter 29, Revelation 22 verses 18 to 19 announces that the Lord will repay people who add to the book by adding to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, the Lord will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. As we think about those words, we think about 2023, we think about what our Lord Jesus will bring when he comes, whether it be in the middle of this message or, or some time yet. He urges us to think now about the consequences of our actions, the final reward that we will receive, that people will receive for persisting in harming our neighbors in this life. Our Lord Jesus is coming, he says. He's bringing his recompense. He speaks these words to us today as a, as a clear warning. You could think about it, you could say it to one another. If, if you are continuing in sin or if you are living a lie and, and, and hiding the, 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 the truth about your struggles without repenting and confessing them to the Lord, if you're living in sexual immorality, if you're making an idol of have that, having that comfortable life, today is the day that everyone whose name is written in the book of life will repent. Today is the day of repentance. And the gospel message I declare to you today is that you do not need to suffer the plagues. You do not have to be barred from the holy city. The conclusion of Revelation includes a, a heartfelt and a serious call to the humble and to the meek and to the faithful those who are longing for the water of life without price that our Lord Jesus already announced in John 7. Those who are singing Psalm 42 about the deer longing for flowing streams of water and feel that longing in their own hearts. Repeating the call of Isaiah 55, we read the spirit and the bride, it's verse 17. They say, come, 
God, the Spirit, together with the leaders of his church, the bride, they urge you to come to the Lord, to come to the Lord, to take the water of life, to leave the world behind. The call of the gospel is that we we trust in God's promises, that we embrace Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And those who hear the words and by God's grace understand the gospel, then we, we join in in calling to other thirsty people, those who, who desire righteousness and life to come. We read that together. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. No one needs to keep on being thirsty. No one needs to keep on living in that, that misery of sin. You do not need to live in fear of our Lord Jesus coming as the King. The Lord's hands are open. He ends the scriptures, the last part of, the, of, of Revelation, with his, with his arms open and the sweet offer of the gospel of life. He is holding out the water of life without price, the spirit of Christ and the word of God so that we may enjoy the better reward. There are two things that characterize the people who are blessed by the Lord with the reward of eternal life in the the new heaven and the new earth. We see that in verse 7. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. And then we see the second blessed in verse 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes. The gospel announced in the book of Revelation is that Jesus was the worthy lamb who was slain for undeserving sinners like us, who rose from the dead, who ascended into heaven, who is seated at the right hand of his Father in heaven. He's ruling right now as King of kings and Lord of lords. Those blessed by the Lord know that it is all true. They believe that they belong among the multitudes that are described in Revelation 7. Those who have come out of the the great tribulation of that spiritual battle on the earth. The blessed believe that by the grace of God, they will overcome evil in this world. That evil that they are hating and fleeing all their lives. They will be prepared to stand before the throne because they wash their robes and make them white in the blood of the Lamb. Revelation 7, verse 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes. The first chapters of Revelation, they clearly illustrate that God's people, even while we're waiting for our Lord Jesus to come, we we continue to, to struggle with sins in our lives. You can even see John himself, he reminds us of that in, in the last part of the chapter, he, he says how he, he fell down to worship at the feet of, of an angel right there. The one who saw this prophecy still struggled with idolatry, yet to be corrected. Our robes are soiled by the sins we commit, but the blessed ones will wash their robes. That means the blessed ones will confess their sins before God to expose the things that they had tried to keep secret with falsehood and lies. They would trust that God will forgive them for Christ's sake 
and clothe them with Christ's righteousness. Blessed are those who wash their robes. That, that means blessed are those who, who gather on a Sunday, who hear the Ten Commandments, who think about their lives, and who confess their sins before the Lord and seek forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Our Lord tells us that he sees such humility. He sees such faith. He sees repentance and trust. And he will reward you with the final blessing, that entrance into the holy city where there is the tree of life. We sang about that in hymn 73. It's Revelation 21. When you are washing your robes, when you are keeping the words of the prophecy of this book, that is evidence that your name is written in the book of life. You will hear the Lord Jesus as king saying, you may enter the city by the gates. We will have the privilege of participating in the new heavens and the new earth. The tree of life will be there with the leaves given for the healing of the nations. The Lord himself will dwell among us. We, we read about that. There will be no need for a light of a lamp for the glory of the Lord will be all around us in fullness. That's what the Lord wants you to think about regularly in your lives. For the glory of his victorious kingdom that is already in which he's already victorious, that outshines anything that you may know in this life. And his announcement is, is clear. His announcement is comforting for everyone who believes, for us, his church. Our Lord Jesus himself told us he's coming soon. Three times in the conclusion to his revelation to the churches, our ascended Lord tells us he is coming soon. And he urges us, you see that in verse seven, he says, behold, that means look at this. That means have it up in, in front of you like, like a banner. I am coming soon. In all the tribulations of, of being a Christian in this world, all the hostilities we may face, all the, our own disappointments and our own sins and weakness and through the tears of, of sickness and mourning and persecution that fill our eyes our divine king in his glory, he speaks tenderly to his church. He urges us, behold the truth. Hold it there before you, even if you're looking at it through tear-stained eyes. The good shepherd who gave his life as the lamb of God for his sheep, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the powerful king and judge leading the righteous through battle on his white horse. He, he says to the church, I am coming soon. Now he spoke those words perhaps around 2,000 years ago. But they remain as true for the churches now as they did when John first heard them. We are always one moment closer to the return of our Lord. The word soon means without delay. It means at the appointed time of God when it is right. And right now, says the New Testament, we are living in the last days. The next redemptive act of God is the return of Jesus Christ and he will come at any time and at any moment. In the early church, reflecting on this promise and that connection, or, and, and the words of our Lord Jesus, that announcement, they saw the connection to the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Next week, 
We'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper in this, in this congregation, and it is one of those suppers we celebrate until he comes. We even have a hymn pointing us forward to the coming of Jesus Christ. And in that sacrament of Lord's Supper, we could see the distinction between the blessed who wash their robes and keep the words of the prophecy and those who are persisting in their sins, who remain outside the kingdom of God, who may not participate in the sacrament. There was an early book of Christian instructions. It's called the Didache 10.6. It includes an exhortation and makes a connection. Speaking of the Lord's Supper, it says, Let grace, Jesus, come, and may this world pass away. Hosanna to the God of David. If anyone is holy, let him come. If anyone is not, let him repent. Maranatha, come Lord, amen. And as God's people today, on the first day of 2023, we take those words upon our lips again with, with great longing, with great delight. We have the, the picture of Revelation 21 in our mind. We have the words of our Lord Jesus announcing his coming, echoing in our mind. And right from our heart, we, we shout out, Amen. It is true and it is certain. We believe that Jesus is coming soon. We are preparing our hearts. And as Christ as he calls out for, for an amen, do I hear an amen from the church? He doesn't just want to hear this word called out as some sort of positive reinforcement from someone sitting in a church building, but he calls us to show our amen with our entire lives. Like faith, saying the word amen calls us to action. Amen is an action word. Believing Christ's announcement that he is coming soon and saying amen that, that leads us to living a certain way. Leads us to want to join ourselves to a faithful Bible-believing church, to place ourselves under the faithful preaching of the word of God, to regularly confess our sins together as God's people, to participate in the sacraments, to live pure and disciplined lives within and outside of marriage, to praise God, to sing psalms and hymns, to adorn our prayer, amen, with the call, come Lord Jesus, yes, to do what we are always doing, those ordinary things with sincerity. That's the amen of the church. You being here this afternoon, you praying, you thanking the Lord, you singing praises, that's the amen of the church. And so we think of our, not only of our own interests, but also of the next generation, for the Lord is coming. The Lord, through revelation, has removed a veil. Only those of us with faith can see the glory of heaven that John saw. And by the eyes of faith, we can stand beside John and we can know the reality of our situation. We know who is in control. We know our Lord Jesus is coming soon. We know that if we believe, we belong to him. We are a part of his, his body. We know that our eternal life has already begun today, that we will never die if we believe in him that no one can take away our reward. We can be certain 
that we will be able to continue serving God and serving others for all eternity without the hindrance of sin. We know these things. So how will we use the seconds and the minutes, the hours, maybe the days, maybe the weeks and months, the year that lies in front of us before Christ returns? How do we show that our amen is sincere? What are we going to do to show that we are expecting our Christ to come? What can we do to serve the furtherance of the kingdom? Well, the Lord Jesus' warning tells us, first of all, to repent of our sins, to receive the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ, and then to look for his coming like wedding guests who are waiting for the appearance of the groom. And then we can shine in the darkness, giving hope to those around us, For as our Lord Jesus says, the grace of the Lord Jesus is with us all. And then he tells us, it's true and certain, amen. And so we say amen with our lives. We live an amen life. And we live an amen life calling out, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. We we pray together. Lord Jesus, You are our King, our Lord, and our Savior. Come quickly. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night. Come to us with your shining light. Bring an end to the lies, the violence, the selfishness, the hatred. Remove every hindrance to our faithful worship of your holy and awesome name. Help us to serve you and to serve one another with pure hearts, pure minds, and pure bodies, so that we may never be stained with sin again. Help us to long together with the church of all ages and places for the coming and return of Jesus Christ, when we may stand before your throne, confident and unashamed, wearing the white robes, righteousness given to us by Jesus Christ, Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. We'll sing together the same.